Do you know something funny? So like you and I are both big bingers of TV and content. Yeah. But I was at my parents' house yesterday and my dad was like, yeah, last night I stayed up finishing season three of Ozark, but then I still wanted to watch something else. So I watched the entire series of The Queen's Gambit. He was up until like 6 a.m. Oh watching God. this show. I was like, dude, like you're, you're honestly a bit old to be not getting any sleep but like also respect oh my god so much respect well that's so funny because like as you know too i mean it was kind of a blessing too because i don't know what kind of mood i would have been in yesterday if we were actually going to record it like in the morning because as you know i texted you guys in our you know survivor slash now real housewives group chat mm-hmm. with brian and courtney and it was like 1 18 a.m and i was like i just got to like the big vacation of season nine and like you know for those that don't watch the real housewives it, it, the vacations are just like that's where it's at it gets wild and it's probably like a three episode commitment and i was just like i need to watch it right now so i stayed up to like 3 30 oh my god it was worth they it they are good i'd do it again i'm currently putting my instacart order together for some groceries and wegmans has haritos and Ooh. i think i want to but when you say orange it's mandarin right mandarin yeah okay i'm gonna i'm gonna get one Oh my right, god. There we go. It's so we go. good. Should it tastes good. like candy or something. Not I don't know. It's not as like tart as of of an orange flavor. I'm excited to try it. Yeah, it's really well, good. I don't, the thing is I think I have had one, but I haven't had it since this conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, shall we introduce ourselves? Yeah. Hi everyone. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Idle Chatter. I'm Laura. And I'm Ashley. We are a Survivor podcast. We're currently watching Heroes vs. Villains Season 20. When there's new seasons of Survivor that are out, we will watch them. But in this extended break, we're watching some older, beloved seasons. And we just started. We're going to be talking about the second episode of Heroes vs. Villains. So if you haven't listened to number one, feel free to catch up. If not, we can we can dive right in. I will say... I thought this was a pretty boring episode. Me too. Oh my god. I was just looking at my notes and I'm just like, why do I just feel like boring ass vibes right now? I was trying to think of like anything super funny or notable and I like nothing's jumping out at me. I mean, there were some funny lines, but that was just it. A line and then it's gone. It was really weird because I mean, there was only one challenge, which, you know, usually there's a reward and then there's an immunity, but this one was reward and immunity and we just spent most of our time on Boston Rob's ailment which we will get to yeah and just like in general kind of just like misery like around camp and then also too just a lot of like not even like good scheming but like I think before we even went to immunity like they were both kind of scheming about who to get rid of you know Right. It was just, and I know I said this at the end of last episode about how watching so much Survivor, so much more than I used to before I had a podcast, I've just been, not spoiled, but there's just, you know, it's, there's, there's pre-merge and then there's post-merge and they're just extremely different and one is better than the other. (laughs) But you know what, we're going to talk about it anyway. And then, you know, if you're new to the show, typically we just chit chat at the end for like an hour. Yeah. All right, so last last week's episode, in episode one, the villains won the immunity challenge, and 
the hero sent our girl Sugar home, and that was kind of a bummer, but they did it. It's done. We open this episode at the Villains Tribe, and it's raining super hard. It is a monsoon, and everyone's crying, and Boston Rob is annoyed because no one, you know, wants to work on the shelter or the fire. Yeah, that that night, they're like, I, I, you know, and I don't know who said them, but, like, just a, a few musings from them while they're in their misery paradise my ass <laughs> and the luckiest person in survivor 20 got voted out <laughs> oh my god so like and like i think that's what sugar said just like, i'm gonna put on some clothes like i'm not gonna be miserable anymore because this was a bad one you know what it makes me think of ashley is every time i see the rain early on in the season of survivor i think about our conversation with bryce which if you haven't listened to that, it's great. He does a little behind the scenes of Survivor and what he told us in his season, Kagayan, which is also on Netflix, is that they actually, like, they had them ready to go and start the season, but they held on, they didn't start for a few more days because they knew a big rain was coming and they wanted it to be, you know, the first few episodes to be more dramatic. Yeah, they like, and- are the puppet masters. It's crazy. You gotta wonder if that's what's happening here. (laughs) I know, I'll never look at it the same again. No, I mean, it really truly does look miserable. But I just want to understand, why is their shelter so bad? I don't get it. Because nobody wanted to work on it, except for Boston Rob. And But do they, I guess they keep making it and making it? Because, like, you know, then it's, Rob is saying, you know, again, I'm on the buffoon tribe. They don't want to work on it. Like, I'd rather just suffer at night. So, yeah, like. And the next day, Rob is like, every subsequent shelter has gotten worse and worse. I'm like, how many have you built? Yeah, it's weird. And, you know, at one point, Jerry and Coach are talking about all of the complaining going on. And there's just some a weird vibe amongst the tribe. And I think he says they've built up to four shelters. And, you know, Randy also mentions that each one, every time they iterate on it, it's getting worse and worse. At one point, there was something I didn't like. Courtney is getting frustrated, and she is trying to help. And Randy makes this super snide comment and is like, well, she was a waitress in New York, but I guess she's a construction worker now. And it's like, that's the whole point of Survivor is people have different jobs in the real world, and then you come on Survivor, and you have to do other shit, you asshole. I didn't appreciate that, Randy. I know. And, like, well, and it's funny, too, just because, like, oh, Randy, like, do you have a better idea? Because clearly everything fucking sucks. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. But, and it's funny with the coach and Jerry, like, did you notice, like, the coach and Jerry thing was literally just, like, the producers giving us, like, a little happiness because it's just so funny. It's the two of them just, like, at sunrise, basically, just talking about what's going on. It's, like, they just wanted to give us a little bit of romance this episode. I really do. Keep our spirits up. Yeah. No. And then, yeah, so, but then after, you know, Randy's rude to Courtney, um, she says that Rob is the shining star and he gets frustrated with these fools. And she says, I hope he doesn't drop dead in the next few days or we will die. A little foreshadowing. (laughs) Yeah. So then we jump over to the Heroes Tribe and the music immediately changes into like this iconic upbeat ballad, which is just pretty, a pretty funny production choice i'm like all is merry at the hero this is what i wrote in my notes like it just like definitely a different vibe 
they look happy. They're working on the shelter. They have their chickens, which I will say the chickens have like a really shitty pen. Mm. Like it looks like they the net is like touching their heads and I just want them to have more of a ceiling, but no. sorry. I guess that's like very particular. Like I guess they're probably trying to build their shelter before building the chicken shelter, but still. I digress. Yeah, okay. when, it, when it rains on the chickens, like they're just stuck there. They're gonna get flooded. What's I don't I yeah, how's that working? Then it gets weird. Rupert literally, there's no good transition to this. Rupert, all of a sudden, we just see Rupert mumbling, Stephanie. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I know, what the hell? It was so out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, Rupert's just launching into us about how he wants to get rid of Stephanie. And, you know, she's sweet, but she would side with anyone who got her one day further. Like, okay. We get into a lot of Stephanie backstory in this episode. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't think I watched her season. I I have seen it. I, I did watch it, but it was like, maybe, I think it was like two years ago, I think. So sounds like it sounds like it was pretty good, but yeah, no, it was pretty crazy. But I know I, I this is really making me, especially too, because I did, just I did start watching um Survivor All Star season eight mm-hmm. last Sunday too. So this is really making me want to go back and watch some of those earlier seasons that I haven't seen, including Stephanie's. Well, I will I will say you've always been uh pretty anti earlier seasons, which I totally understand because they are. They're so different and they're so slow paced, but I I could see it being fun, Ashley, if we did a podcast season where we didn't go episode by episode, but we maybe did like chunks of three or four episodes yeah. of an older season yeah. just to talk about the evolution. Yeah, we would have to just because I mean, literally like in one episode, sometimes it's just like they spend 10 minutes like trying to catch a fish. Yeah, exactly. So I agree. <laughs> I agree. But, um, oh, so, so I, back on the heroes, uh, <laughs> heroes beach on day four, um, Steph is making coconut and I guess they, you take the coconut and you toast it and it tastes like popcorn or something. Well, you know and what, Ashley? So we have a stovetop popcorn maker Ooh. and we used to just use like, uh, like olive oil, vegetable oil or whatever. And then Matt's sister tipped us off this past summer that if you use coconut, oil it actually does taste like movie theater popcorn because apparently that's what the movie theater uses and god damn it if it didn't take our popcorn snacking to the next level so if that's accurate that's good to know um maybe we should have let stephanie know and then maybe rupert would be satisfied with her work because (laughs) rupert starts like mansplaining there's no other there's no better way i can describe it like mansplaining to stephanie how to make the coconut and then Steph is like, well, you know, like, what should I do then? And then he goes, I don't know. You're the cook. Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, Rupert was, it was, it was truly painful to watch. It was very, very annoying. Yeah, like, I just don't, what's your aim? I don't get it. He's being the worst. And, you know, part of me does wonder, like, is he the monster that we created? And by we, I mean the Survivor franchise. I mean, like, Jeff, I feel like, is constantly blowing smoke up Rupert's butt, being like, you're the most favorite player to ever play. And he is, I think he has a big I thought you meant. I thought you meant our friend Jeff Hornberger, friend of the oh, show. And I was like, I was like, oh, I don't remember that. Did you talk about one of our guest episodes? No, but it is true. And 
he was very popular, like fan favorite, like people loved him, but I don't know. Like, I just feel like he can get such an attitude and maybe he, it is an ego thing. I think we said this last episode about him. Someone said this about him. I think, I think Saray last episode said, mentions the ego. My favorite thing ever is like, you are so smart for suggesting putting on closed captions because literally after Rupert is mansplaining to Steph, it just shows him standing there holding a coconut and the closed caption just says growls. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's just like, like grumbling like oh, shut up dude yeah. use your words actually don't use your words just shut up thanks I think in you know the first season that he played which I watched recently there is just something very I want to say I hate this word as an adjective but there is something very fresh about him like very new mm-hmm. like he was a new kind of player but now it's like we've seen it and I I just I don't know I I I'm very curious if you and Brian hadn't said to me Rupert gets annoying if I would have if I would be finding him as annoying as I am but regardless I'm finding him very annoying yeah and I same thing with me like because he's in season eight all-stars and he's annoying he's annoying me more this season but he is still annoying me Mm-hmm. on all stars and now i feel like when i watch pearl islands because i think i have i don't like him as much when i watch that even though it's his you know first rodeo and i like i used to love him then yeah. when i was like a young teen but yeah he, he even on even on a season eight he's like oh like the first vote or something and like at the beginning he's like I said I can't put Rudy's name down. I'm like Rudy's old as shit. I'm sorry. Like if he's not helping your tribe, you need to vote him off. Just vote him off. Mm-hmm. He hurt himself. Mm-hmm. Like God. Whew. I didn't know. I didn't know I was so heated about this, but here we are. Here we are. It's worth noting that Stephanie is suspicious of him, though. Like she yeah. she sees what he's putting out there, and she doesn't like it. Yeah, she and she thinks he's annoying. He has an opinion about everything, and she's like, you know, he's playing up this good guy role. And she's she does say, I'm not saying he's not a good guy, but it's overkill. It's day four. Whoa. Yeah. We go back to the villains tribe, and once again, it's the ballad of Boston Rob. He says that, you know, he kind of tried to sit back, and he should have taken charge on day one because nothing is getting done. He's feeling weak. He's feeling dizzy, and he says. I didn't want to be a dictator. I wanted to be a diplomat. And look where that got me. And so he stops building and he's like, I'm done. I'm done. Because, you know, he was trying to make them the shelter, but nobody else is helping. And it's just wearing on him too much. So he stops building. Yeah. Then we just get a nice little comical aside <laughs> to uh, Parvati, Courtney, and Danielle. And Parvati's just like, oh, why can't we have James, Colby, Tom, and Rupert? And then Courtney goes, how did they get, like, every awesome guy and we got Randy? <laughs> and there's a, there's a beautiful rainbow while this chat's taking yeah. place, by the way. That's, that's the least the sky could do after what it did to them last night. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, we flash to the jungle and we see that Rob is, like, past the fuke out like well, laying down we show him like like slowly walking through the woods like looking out of it but jerry before is like where's rob going and like you see jerry in the woods too and he's there and then you see him go down mm-hmm. but i'm confused because jerry runs over to him but doesn't he have like something under his head like a pillow like a like there's something white under his head i think 
And I'm like, did you pass yeah. out? And then did, did the producers come and do that and then make Jerry find you? <laughs> I I don't know. I, I think it sounded like what happened was he felt weak and sat down and then passed out. Oh, I thought it made, they make it look like he fell. They make it look very dramatic, but I don't think it was quite, oh. I don't know. So Jerry comes over and she's like, Rob, look at me, Rob, wake up. And, um, you know, he, he, he mutters like, help. <laughs> and it's very dramatic. And she's like, I'll be right back. She, she, Rob, open your eyes, please. And then, so then yeah. the medical team and Jeff come in and this is a question. The next time we have a survivor guest on, this is a question I would love to ask is like, Jeff, obviously, I'm sure they always have a medical person close by, but Jeff Probst isn't, like, lurking around the camp. How long does it take them to get Jeff there, and do they wait to send in medical until Jeff is there, or do they send in medical and then, like, recreate the scene with Jeff once he's there? I think they have to, because I think there's something... I think that someone at least has to go over and be like, hey, are you okay? And Rob was probably like, let me rest or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, or they check him out and then they are recreating it for us. Because it's not like Jeff's on standby. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I can't. Like, I just like, like picturing that like Jeff's taking a nap or something. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yo, man, like Rob passed out. We need you. And he's like, damn it. Jeff's like, hold on. Let me just take a shower. Yeah. So medical gives him water. And he, he really, like, can't drink it. Like, it's, like, spewing from his mouth. He's not – he's in, he's in bad shape. Yeah. And medical – but then medical says, you know what, look, he looks worse than he is, and there's nothing to be concerned about. He says he feels better, and he starts to cry, and it's, like, almost like this weird fever dream kind of moment. Yeah. Like, he's talking to Jeff, and he's just, like – it's getting the best of me. I, I love and respect it too much to not play. I'm going to win this game, Jeff. Yeah. I'm going to win this game, dude. Watch this. And then Jeff laughs. You know, Rob starts kind of laughing. And then, you know, Rob says to us, when I finally came to, I had a moment of clarity. And that was stop trying to be the good guy because I'm trying to be so good. I physically made myself sick. Just do what everybody wants you to do and be the villain. And then... It's a sweet moment. Jeff is like, oh, you need help getting up. And he, like, kind of grabs Boston Rob from behind, like, and, like, hooks him up by his arms and helps him stand up and gives him a nice shoulder pat. Um, And, yeah, Rob is like, the doctors say that I have the flu and maybe a little bit of crybabyitis. Yeah. Which, respect for being self-aware. Yeah. But, you know, I will say, he's definitely... The only thing in my life I can really like in this, too, is I remember one time, I don't know if I've ever, in my memory, but who knows, maybe I, like, don't remember, I've never really been that sick like that, and I remember my brother one time when he was, like, a young teenager, and I was, like, he he might have been, like, 15 and I was 20 or something, he got, like, really, really sick, like, some, like, viral, like, infection or something, and I remember, like, go, and he couldn't eat for days, like, he could, and, like, we had to, like, force feed him Gatorade. And I remember going in his room and being like, Brandon, like, here, I got you some Gatorade. Like, are you going to drink it? And he literally just, like, stared at me with his mouth hanging open. It was just like, eh, eh. And it was, like, scary. I was like, are you mentally there right now? Like, I don't know. That's what just, like, whenever I see that, that's what it takes me back to. Because it is kind of scary. It's like he couldn't, like, talk yeah. for a little bit. It reminded me of the time that Matt fainted at Samita's graduation party. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Why did he faint? 
Oh my gosh. I, if I haven't told you the story, I, I will tell it because it is pretty good. So Samita ha- graduated from her master's program and Matt and I had not been dating long. And this is probably like the second time that he met Samita. And, you know, we'd gone to the graduation ceremony. We went back to her apartment and we were just drinking a lot of champagne. Mm. And, you know, not that, not that Matt can't hang, but like, yeah and at one point and it was hot you know what I mean like I was gonna say what was it hot because it was hot there was a lot of champagne flowing and we stood up to leave and I mean Matt's like he's a fainter in general Mm. and he um like luckily I was standing behind him and it was kind of like the boss or like a boss or thing. like he it wasn't that he just like you know put his hand to his head and like plops backwards it was like he I, I don't know how I knew what was happening, but I kind of guided him down to the floor, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, he just, like, lost his footing, but then he, like, came to, and he was just like, whoa, that was, that was weird, I'm okay. Like, he, like, you know what I mean? Because it's, like, your, your instinct is to, like, not make a big deal out, big deal out of it, and I was like, no, dude, you just passed out, like, we need to stay here and drink some water, anyway. Yeah, definitely, he's probably dehydrated. I don't know yeah. if I've ever fainted. But he also passed out at the dentist. A couple Ooh. years ago, and <laughs> and the dentist gave him a Tootsie Pop. Aw, that would make me yeah. feel better. I know, but I yeah, just like I think he he's just a that's like one of his his things is he just passes out sometimes. Yeah, Cor- Courtney does too. Really, I didn't know that. The, yeah, Courtney's fainted a few times. Um, wow. Yeah, but I I don't think I ever have. Yeah, no, me either. I don't think. I feel like I felt the feeling, and then I've sat down, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like in a fast enough time. Yeah, I mean, I think about, like, preseason field hockey, like, oh, if God. I would ever, ever have gotten close, it would have been there. I, I mean. oh my, I, 10th grade, I just, I was like, I quit. I can't deal with this shit. I hate sports. When I think of it as an adult, not that it was, like, I don't know. I understand that, like, conditioning is a thing, and you have to be, like, in shape to play sports, but I'm also, like, there is a I don't know I'm just like such a hippie now that I'm just like that should be borderline illegal to like work kids that hard to the point that they're like vomiting on the sidelines me throwing up and like just like yelling at them and like I don't know like okay and I mean I will be honest I didn't run as run as much over the summer like as I did yeah and like also like I I mean like I definitely was like overweight I mean I am now but I'm, I'm bigger than I was then but like I don't know. Like, I was I played defense. Like, I didn't I didn't have to run that much during the game. Like, I don't know. See, I was like, I had no reason why I could not be fast. I just I'm I'm not like I'm not a naturally fast person. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I was always one of the last people to finish the stuff, and I was never last, but I was by far never first and like I I just I I don't know I part of like oh my god I don't know why we're talking about it it literally like fucking triggers me because I'm just like why was I like killing myself anyway wait can I just can I say another field hockey like moment from my past that was like really upsetting to me please yeah okay in ninth grade we had a freshman team and Mm -hmm. I feel like we had a talk at like practice or something, and they were like, which, okay, I'm sorry, like, is this their business? Maybe we had to sign something and that said said this. I don't know. But we had a meeting that was, like, somebody on 
the freshman team was spotted over the weekend smoking a cigarette in oh, in, in Lambertville. And I don't know how, but somebody said it was me. And I had never smoked a cigarette, taken a sip of alcohol, smoked oh any God. pot, done anything at this point in my life. And I was, <laughs> Thanks for the clarification. I had never smoked a cigarette. I was like... I mean, I, I'm not going to say I was straight edge. I think I was just a young girl that hasn't been uh-huh. exposed to anything bad yet. And I was, like, so upset. And I feel like people were, like, talking about me, like, the older, like, varsity people. And I was like, what the fuck? I did. It was so oh uncomfortable for me. Oh, my God. And that, I found yeah. out I found out who it was. And she doesn't even look like me. So I'm like, how, where was the confusion? Well, you you might recall, well, I don't know if you do actually, the drama that happened my junior year during field hockey. No, because I was in college, so I don't know if I know. Well, I don't know. It was pretty, it's pretty, pretty big, like, juicy deeds. Do you mind if I tell the story? I don't know. Oh, this no, episode, please go ahead. This episode's boring. Who cares? Yeah. Um, okay, so my junior year of field hockey, this is when I had hurt my hand, so I had, like, a splint, and I, I couldn't, like, actually play in the games. But we won a really big game against a really hard team. And one of the one of the girls on our team uh had a big party to mm. celebrate. And uh it was, you know, like as far as Wait, who, who who was it? You can you bleep it you can bleep it out if you want. Well, who do you think? Oh, wait, like our current like good friend? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh I, probably I, there. I probably was there because I went to Rutgers, so I was only 45 minutes away and I could come home all the time. Yeah. So it was like, in, it was just, I, I don't know, as far as like high school parties go, I just remember it feeling epic because like the energy was so good because we had just won this like really big game. Um, I had a broken hand, so people were giving me a lot of attention, which I love. <laughs> um, it was actually the first night that I um, kissed my ex-boyfriend. So, like, at the time, it felt very important. But oh, now my I'm God. It was, God. It, hey, you know what? Even if everything didn't work out, it still was, like, an important moment. Pivotal. Yeah. Anyway so people found out about this party well I guess what happened is we went to practice the next week this this happened on a Friday and then Monday at practice everybody was just like oh man that party was sick and I guess some of the people who weren't at the party they felt left out and they told their parents about it oh my god and then their parents told everybody else's parents and it was just so awkward because like at the time my dad was president of the school board and it's like you know we forget now as adults but like in high school takes that shit seriously especially yeah. for especially for athletes like they really do and like I remember my parents were like so mad they were so mad at me because I I was like truly like a pretty good kid like I'm not even just saying that I like didn't really mess around that much and they they were mad at me but I remember like they were trying to get me to be like honest and be like yes I was at this party and there was drinking but I wasn't gonna do that because I was like you're literally the president of the school board I can't I can't separate like my parent from like somebody with an obligation you know yeah so I was just like I 
I don't know if I've talked to, I've, I don't know if I've talked about this openly with them as an adult, but I'm just like, I'm sorry. You like truly like left me no choice, but to like, I don't even know that I was lying. I was just like, you know, deny till you die. I was mm-hmm. just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, luckily our coach at the time was like on the younger side. And I feel like she was just like, did not like, not that she didn't give a fuck, but like, she was just like, she knew, she knew it was up. You know what I mean? She was like, she was just like, look guys, I feel like she was like, it's not that you party, it's not that you got caught, but she was just like, I don't want to hear any more about it. All right. Well, why did I met? Why did I start telling Rob passed out. So we talked about how we were tortured by field hockey. Field hockey. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. So then we get into the only challenge of this episode. It's for immunity and reward. The reward is like, there's some fishing gear and there's a tarp. And as we all know, it's raining really hard. So everybody wants it. Yeah. And rope and nails, which I mean, for the village, Mm -hmm. they're struggling so hard with their shelter. So that would be a game changer. (laughs) Be like, perfect. I can use this rope to hang myself. (laughs) Or that. Okay. So this is the challenge. What's going to happen is two members from each tribe are going to race from the starting line to over there, and they have to roll back this super big crate to their platform, and it's like a huge-ass heavy crate, and then once they get back, the next two people go, and there's six crates total, and once you have all six, you have to use them to build a staircase that spells out your team name on the side of the staircase and then you all raise up and the first team to the top wins yes and so since it is a challenge in pairs um two villains need to sit out and one hero so the villains are sitting out randy and courtney and then rupert (laughs) rupert doesn't know about this you know he he wants to compete but you know because of his broken toe he just doesn't know if he can run but he's not happy about it yeah it was it was just like my toe it's like shut up yeah and then jeff does mention that jt coach and tyson have all played this challenge before in token chains so that's why when you know they get started you know everyone's like you know heroes like listen to jt listen to jt so they seem to be like going through with a pretty good game plan because jt's played before and they're gonna all listen to him Mm mm-hmm so the interesting thing is that I actually, this, this moves really fast and uh-huh. I did kind of lose track of like who was competing when. So we'll, we'll quickly go through it. So please stop me if I like mess something up or skip people. Cause I, I think I did, there's so many people going and it's, it, I don't know. It was hard to, it was hard to keep up. First off though, JT and Sari go for blue, Rob and Danielle go for, sorry, I said blue, but they're heroes but whatever it's blue and red and then uh rob and danielle go for the villain tribe and jt and sari are really off to a strong start they're beating them it's really about like the momentum of like keeping that crate rolling so that you're not exerting all of your strength each time and i only the thing is i watched this with matt and he he, that's like the kind of shit he points out you know what i mean yeah now it's about the momentum and also too like rob literally did kind of like pass out in the woods earlier today and he they say that he has the flu so like he's not feeling great and like danielle is like not a big girl so it's tough so and then also too they do mention that JT and Sari are keeping theirs like on a very straight path 
which is also an important. It, it is. So the heroes have an early lead and then Tom and Candace go out for the heroes and you, you can really tell how heavy these look. So Blue's maintaining that lead. Sandra and Tyson go out for the villains. At this point, like the heroes are really starting to almost lap them, mm-hmm. if you will. Colton and Stephanie go out and Colby. the lead. Colby, sorry. Yeah, oh okay. my god, Colton. Like, I feel like my phone auto-corrected that, like, Colton from The Bachelor. Yeah. Or, hey, yeah, because we wouldn't have been talking about Colton from uh, from Survivor. Like, we wouldn't be, like, typing it. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's Colton from The Bachelor. <laughs> so, Colby and Stephanie go out for the heroes. And, again, the lead just keeps keeps picking up at momentum. This, at this time, Jeff says the heroes have a one-crate lead, pretty much. He, yes, he, yes. He announces it. Coach and Jerry go out for villains, which just, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> the heroes have three crates at this point. Um, and then this is, this is where it, it just started getting too fast. And I lost track of like who was doing what, because also I think at this point, once, once all of the pairs had gone, you could do any combination. Yeah. So you could do like two guys. I do. I do have them. So then. The next for the heroes are Amanda and James. Jeff makes some comment about James because we all know James is just gigantic and strong. Um, Then Russell and Parvati go out for the villains. Tom and JT for the heroes. Rob and Tyson for the villains. And then James and Colby have the last one for the heroes. And Randy from, you can hear Randy from the peanut gallery saying, roll it on Rupert's toe. (laughs) I laughed. Honestly, Randy's a dick, but that was funny. Um, so then the heroes are done because James and Colby are, are the, are the uh, last ones. And then uh, Coach and Russell are going last for the villains. So, you know, basically with like a pretty much one crate lead, the heroes get back and start working so- sooner. But, you know, eventually they're all tied up. Yeah, that's the thing about leads is sometimes they make a difference and sometimes they really just don't. Mm-hmm. And this was one of those instances where... As soon as the villains got to the, you know, the puzzle portion, if you will, it just didn't matter. And there's, how, how do you explain this? Because they're, they're, the puzzle kind of, it's like a, sta- it's a staircase, but these are big ass crates. So you have to literally like lift them to be the, like the second and third story. And they're, they're really heavy. So on paper, the heroes should have had this where it started to break down is, Keep in mind, on the side of the stairs, it's going to spill out heroes or villains. And the heroes kind of fucked that up. Like, they had something in the wrong place, and that's really when it started to derail them. And And I don't know, because JT is the one that's supposedly leading it, and Stephanie at some point is like, it's not right. And James is like, shut up! And like, so I don't know if Stephanie was right or JT was right, but either way, they're kind of like talking over each other and that slows you down too. And if you do make a mistake, it's a mistake's not simple to fix. Cause if you lift, if you spend all your energy lifting this heavy ass crate above one tier and it actually needs to come down, that's a waste of time and energy. So that's the perfect way of explaining it. I also wrote down that over on villains, Rob is leading the puzzle, and he's being a little bossy, and I, I wrote, I bet Ashley likes that. No, you know what, though? Because I think I think that is important, though, because, like, in the heat of the moment and in, in the challenge, like, I feel like in life, maybe you shouldn't yell over each other if you're having, if you're having an argument or something, but there's no, like, 
time constraint, but I think Rob is kind of just like, hey, everyone listen to me and everyone does. And that's why they succeed. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I literally meant, I bet, Ash, I bet you, I bet you like that. Like it's, yeah. it's you know, powerful to see your man take charge sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you, you really do. This is the thing. So, so, okay. What happens is Rob is exemplifying how to, how to lead a puzzle. And not only is he speaking up, but at one point, Rob literally has the crate on his back like it is insane yeah and and jeff's like oh yeah you need to try to not get crushed because they are so heavy russell russell hans does too at one point it's literally like him standing on a crate with yeah him like holding one over his head and like if they drop it that's gonna hurt so you know there's some bravery from from king russell too and we start to see that you know the hero's puzzle is off James is James is getting very aggressive and he's saying you know like everybody needs to shut up and then Stephanie is talking and that that's making James angry and I think what you're saying about you know Rob taking charge is James's message was right but his delivery was completely off but also too if you're gonna tell everyone to shut up then you because he and he keeps going one voice okay but if you're gonna be the voice tell people what to do you need to say Mm -hmm. everyone shut up listen to jt more you know what i mean like yeah it's kind of just like he's even though he's saying one voice he's kind of just adding to the noise Mm because he's not Mm -hmm. you know he's not a puzzle aficionado you know Mm -hmm. so (laughs) so the villains win and um i thought it was very noticeable that courtney is so happy she hugs randy (laughs) yeah we know she despises him but yeah so it was it was a it was a big win it was a big deal usually when the when the challenge is won you know you get you get the idol you have a moment but immediately we get right in to the heroes bickering and james being like you should have listened to me okay so then we get into this whole thing where James thinks that Stephanie is the problem and he thinks that she's like a bad omen because of her previous season. And again, I I don't if I saw her season, I don't recall it, but it, it sounds I'm going to tell you what it sounds like happened to me and then you can clarify if you if you know. Sure. But so basically he's saying that on her season, she kind of like did she play idols but she like she like whittled out all of her tribe and was like the last person standing well no it was more like she's a really good competitor and in my memory basically what happened was but before the merge her tribe lost so much that when it came down to it literally it was between her and one other person and they lost they lost immunity and i cannot remember i will have to go back I do not remember how, what the outcome was, how it ended up being that Stephanie, like, was the last man standing and the other person went home. I just don't remember. But that that's what happened. So basically, going into the merge, Stephanie was a tribe of one. Right. Got it. Got it. So I don't know if it was... I At this point, her season is so early on, I actually don't remember if idols were in play at that time. I think her okay. season is like nine or ten. Um, oh, so I'll get there soon. But but yeah, it's just weird how James is trying. It's it's so weird how hung up he is on this because it just it truly seems irrelevant. Yeah, he's he's real. Yeah, okay. So Palau is ten. I don't know. I, I'm I'm just kind of looking to see if if 
the intro because I know there were immunity idols in season thirteen. I remember Yule had one. Um, and I, I don't know if idols were around at this point. I think you're right. I don't think they were. So yeah, I don't know what she, you know, what she did to, to make it that far, but I'm, I'm honestly, I'm kind of looking. It was season 11. It was season 11. With the first, the first idol. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. So. No, no, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. That was her season. (laughs) What? Stephanie. Yes. She was in the first season with, with, with an idol play. Season 11. I'm showing she's in season 10. Oh, really? Yeah. Palau. Oh, why am I seeing Guatemala? I don't know. Am I dumb? No, I think she was in... Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Oh. I think she was in both. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're both right. We are both right. You know what? I forgot about that. Yeah, because I think they were like, wow, like, you're a badass. Like, oh, her and Bobby John, I think, come back. Okay, okay. Season 11 from her from season 10. <laughs> Sorry, okay, we're everyone's right here. We all win. But yeah, so, no, but in this particular situation, she did not end up, maybe, maybe it was season 11? I, I don't, I literally don't know. It doesn't I, matter. Like, James is trying to bring up her past performance as, like, a reason why she's, like, a plague to the team. And, like, I'm just, dude, I'm not buying it. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, She's oh. a strong competitor. She hasn't done anything wrong. I did find it. It was a fire making challenge. Is how she ended up Got prevailing it. and be that okay. that 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 was my instinct, but I didn't know if it was true. Okay, but, so that's how she ended up being the last one. But yeah, I mean, it's I don't know if you want to be superstitious or what. It's not like she was conniving to do that, you know. I don't mm-hmm. know, but yeah, James is like really, really harping on it. He's like, Stephanie's been the only person in Survivor history to lose everyone in her tribe to where she's the only one left you know she's the problem and he's like there's no other source of kryptonite you need to go home it's so weird and what do you mean there's no other source it's like you guys just you lost and like rupert's fucking annoying like yeah so tom is kind of coming to stephanie's defense like he you can kind of tell that he's like this is not a good look this is weird but we'll see how that plays out a little bit later because real quick we go over to the villains tribe and we see them you know reaping their reward and like using their fishing gear at this point russell's not loving how boston rob is in charge and he says i am king russell and then he goes and he kills a chicken yeah because rob rob comes up with a clam and he's like you know i'll take your clam and raise you a chicken yeah jeez yeah we go back over to heroes and james is still pushing super hard for stephanie yeah he's telling candace first like just individually about her decimating her whole tribe i, th- I think the word decimating might be my own not his um he, <laughs> he says nullify at one point and i'm like i don't think that's right. I, don't, I don't know if that's the right word i think that's why i thought there was something with idols involved because i think of yeah. i don't know anyway. yeah and so then stephanie's like talking to tom and she's like yeah you know I'm, I, I know i'm in trouble blah blah and then james is preaching it to jt sorry amanda about stephanie like geez and uh jt's kind of like oh i don't know if i should go with james amanda and rupert or if i should go with tom steph and colby like what what should i do he's in the middle yeah, and then we go, so Colby, Stephanie, and Tom are in the shelter, and they're talking, and Tom is like, okay, it's going to be Steph, it's going to be me, and then it's going to be you, Colby. But we need to convince Suri and Candace that the order is going to be Stephanie, Suri, Candace. Which, I mean, based on the sugar vote, that 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 could seem like a an option, that they'll 
think Suri is weak or something or Candace and get rid of them next. I mean, Stephanie's not weak though. So that's, that's one thing I don't get, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. So th- should we get into tribal? Yeah. Well, actually I think it is notable too. It's just like, so then basically Tom goes to Candace and presents this plan. He's like, you know, I don't need you to tell me who you and Suri are voting for. I'll leave that up to you, but just know that we're voting for Amanda. And then we do see Suri and Candace talking and Candace brings up, you know, I know you have this history with Amanda and Suri is just like, I don't know why everyone thinks that, um, thinks that Amanda and I are so tight because she cost me a million dollars by bringing Parvati to the end. So, you know, leaves it kind of up in the air. We don't really know exactly what's going to go down. Yeah, it could go either way. But we know Candace and Saray are in the middle, and they're going to determine this vote. Absolutely. So we get into tribal, and, you know, Jeff is doing his thing of making them go through a postmortem of the challenge, and James says there should have just been one voice talking, and Stephanie was talking. And, you know, Tom is like, stop being a bully, James, and Colby's kind of defending her, too. Yeah, well, Colby, Colby jumps in first because James says something about y'all and Stephanie is like, oh, like it wasn't something like it wasn't y'all. It was me. And then James is like, yeah, it was you like put, putting it all on her. And when Colby jumps in to defend her, James is like, make it two. And then Tom jumps in is like, make it three and def- like saying, you know, I'm with them and defend Stephanie there, too, which I thought was honorable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, Colby does say something at Tribal that I think that earlier in the episode when we were talking about how this episode was like a little boring but also like it wasn't the lightheartedness you usually see in the beginning colby says Mm -hmm. that he didn't know it would switch from the team mentality to self-preservation so quickly and i agree i think maybe because this is all like the best of the best all returning players that maybe that is why they're thinking so hard towards the beginning and it's not that kind of breeziness that we normally see Yeah, that's very astute. Shall we get to the vote? Yeah. All right. We got Steph, Amanda, Steph, Amanda, Steph, Amanda, Steph, and then Steph. So Steph's going to go home. That's five. That's enough. (laughs) Bring me your torch. She, she, you know, sometimes we talk a lot about the exit and sometimes players, they'll just leave right off into the sunset. Sometimes they'll say something and Steph said something. She said, some advice next time you lose a challenge, maybe don't curse out your tribe. And then James says, keep your mouth shut. And Tom's like, hey, like, yeah, it was. It, it really, it really wasn't. I didn't appreciate that. I know, I, I know. I, I like that. And oh, one thing I, I noticed too, during um, their argument in Tribal, James kept calling her baby, which I just feel like is pretty condescending. Yeah, I don't, I don't care for that at all. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I think this was um, one of the last episodes of season 29 that we recapped. You kind of brought up, um, you know, Jeff's final words at Tribal and you know what they mean for the game so I I tried and pay a little bit attention to that more now and Jeff was like tonight's tribal speaks for itself and it was like well yeah I thought the same that is so funny because it's I don't always pay attention but today (laughs) specifically I was like oh because you know what I think that I I started this episode on Friday evening so I wouldn't be in such a rush on Saturday morning. And then I, I planned on finishing it yesterday, but I didn't. 
that I gave myself ample time to like pay attention to every word today, which like, God, what a waste. Cause I feel like there weren't that many good yeah. words, but I, I did the same thing. I was like, what, what does Jeff Probst have to say about this? Yeah. Speaks for itself. You really phoned that one in, I think. Yeah. Well, okay. So yeah, overall a pretty boring episode. You know, something that we forgot to do last week, Ashley. What? Oh, our MVP. <laughs> yeah, we forgot. Usually when we're recapping a season, each episode will name an MVP. And last week we just didn't, which is fine. Because I don't know if I had to go back that there's anyone in particular that jumps out to me. It's it's really, truly hard in the earlier episodes of a season to identify somebody who's who stood out to you. Yeah. Um <sighs> For this episode, I mean, I feel like we kind of have to give it to Boston Rob a little. You know, he had this whole journey. This episode was all about him, basically. So I think if you get a lot of screen time and you remain in the game, you could be an MVP. And he did, like, pull his team together to win the immunity and reward. And so everyone's loving him. Courtney said he's a shining star earlier Mm. in the episode. So, you know, we'll, we'll give Rob some props. I, I guess I would also say, you know, I appreciated Colby and Tom being level-headed and coming to Stephanie's defense. I appreciate I like that, that too. And I feel yeah. like, t- I, I like, I like how Tom kind of handled the situation with Candace and Saray. I think that he, what he was saying makes sense. And I actually, as far as Saray and Candace's game goes, I think that they, they might've made a mistake because I think Tom and Colby are trustworthy and Stephanie is trustworthy. And I, I don't think Amanda is. I, yeah. you know, J- James can be pretty trustworthy, actually. Like, if you are on his side, he can be. Like, he wasn't aligned with Steph. But I don't know. Like, I, I think this decision could come bite them in the butt. So I think Tom and Colby had, had a good point. Yeah, I think I think that's a, that's a pretty good list. And again, it's, it's hard to do in these earlier episodes, but... You know, I, I think that that's a pretty good roundup of people who did, who yeah. did well. I'd say Tom over Colby, because Tom was the brains. Mm-hmm. So next we get into a segment called Survivor Shouts, where we talk about, you know, different things that are happening in the Survivor community. I have some juicy, well, I don't know if you would say juicy, but I have something I want to discuss, but do you have anything before I get into it? Um. I just have like something that made me laugh a lot, especially because I saw it after I I watched the first part of this episode where Rupert was closed captioned as growling. (laughs) And it really makes me laugh that Jatia from Cagayan, um, she posted a picture of herself like standing in front of her TV with the closed captions on and it says lady sobbing. (laughs) And it was just like talking about her like wanting to like, you know, like reprise her role as sobbing lady. It just made me laugh. So it just, and yeah. a lot, a lot of on stuff, like, you know, I, I, I will say, like, I think I've seen more people, maybe it's because Bryce, though, because I feel like, you know, follow Purple Pants, follow Bryce, and he, like, will repost, but I saw a lot of, like, Kagayan on, uh, on Instagram this week, because everyone's excited about it being on Netflix. It's wonderful, Survivor's in the top 10 on Netflix right now. Yeah, it's awesome. It's great. So, okay, something that I, I noticed when I was, oh, and by, before I get into the thing, I will also say um, there was like a terrible typhoon in Cagayan recently. So, you know, it's, it, it's unique timing with it being on Netflix and it getting, you know, a renewed attention. A lot of the cast from that season 
are really encouraging people to donate. Um, in particular, like Cass was offering, you know, she was doing like, if you donate money to um, a Kageyan like relief effort, like I'll do a Skype call with you. So, you know, if we're, if we're celebrating the Kageyan season, we should also be, you know, putting our money where our mouth is too. I'll put some links in the show notes about that. But okay, so this is the juicy tea that I wanted to get into. I was scrolling the Twitter last night and I saw a tweet from one of my fave survivor pliers, um, Zeke, and it was about some Sia drama. Sia, if if you're new, if you're new to the podcast, or if you don't watch Survivor or whatever, I don't know how you wouldn't know. But Sia has kind of become this Survivor benefactor, if you will. And basically, in the earlier seasons, they used to do at the reunion a Survivor fan favorite, and it was like if you didn't win first place, or sometimes if you did, if you were the fan favorite, you would get I don't know how much was it, like a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, a chunk of change. And then they stopped doing it. I guess like oh, she ran out of money. I don't know. And um, Sia, the singer, you may know her her song "Chandelier" and probably some other stuff. Um, she, I guess, is like a huge Survivor fan, and she started, you know, awarding. They kind of call it the Sia Award to her favorite players. Some recipients have been people like Donathan or Rick Devins. You know, just people. People she thought were doing good things. Uh, Ty got a, a SIA award too because he was so passionate about saving the chickens and she liked that. Okay, so anyway, I pop on Twitter last night and I see Zeke essentially calling out SIA because, okay, so SIA directed or came, she, she put together this movie called Music, right? I did not know about this. And she's being called out because she she did not cast um so she there's a character who has autism and she casted a non-disabled actor to portray a character with autism. And people are like, why did you do this thing? There's plenty of autistic actors out there who could have played this part. Mm-hmm. And Sia, instead of being like, I hear you, I hear you, she came back like super fiery. And she, she tweeted, I cast 13 neuroatypical people, three trans folk, and not as fucking prostitutes or drug addicts, but as doctors, nurses, and singers. Like fucking sad that nobody is saying, like said, saw the dang movie and you know they're coming at me and so then Zeke responded and was like he made first he made a joke and he was like I feel like this is a good time to remind everyone that Sia owes me money she doesn't he was just making a joke Mm -hmm. but like it is weird that Zeke would not have gotten a Sia award but anyway so then he says also support your autistic neurotypical and disabled friends and neighbors and don't take too much credit for not casting trans peeps as quote fucking prostitutes and drug addicts and like then he then he tweeted it's crazy that Sia doesn't get that her responses are just gasoline on the fire she should take a note from Probe's handbook and just go silent in the face of controversy oh shots fired so Jeff didn't really pipe up with 
No, he is so okay. So there's okay. I'm, there's a couple couple of components. To this. One, he's saying like, one, you know, you shouldn't say prostitutes. These people are sex workers, mm-hmm. and it, it's like she's patting herself on the back, being like, I cast all these people, but like the issue that people were taking an issue with is that she didn't she didn't cast a person with autism to play the character with autism. Yeah, but no, I think I think Zeke is more saying that like. And this, this is the thing is like, and because I, I, again, people were piping up about this, the, 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 responding to this thread. And I guess it's just like, with in, in pretty much any like survivor controversy, Jeff Probst doesn't really speak up. And, yeah. you know, I think the thing that people have been disappointed about is, you know, we're super excited that CBS pledged and committed to casting 50% black indigenous and people of color on future seasons of survivor and big brother but jeff Probst himself hasn't really made a statement about it and i i think people kind of want that yeah and you know it's just i like if you're gonna be the face of survivor like be the face of survivor yeah definitely. Okay. so so then it gets <laughs> it gets even crazier this one um, person who, like, I think their Twitter their Twitter name is, like, Helen Z. And she, she tweets at Stia and says, Several autistic actors, myself included, responded to these tweets. We all said we would have, we could have acted in this movie on short notice. These excuses are just that, excuses. The fact of the matter is zero effort was made to include anyone who is actually autistic. So then, this is Sia's reply. She says, maybe you're just a bad actor. Oh, my God. It was just like, just what? Even if you, something I've just learned recently, even if you don't necessarily understand where someone's coming from, if it's something you don't understand, maybe you need to look into it and just say, I apologize that I, that I did this. I did not look look at it this way, you know, I going forward, you know, I, I will educate myself and I will, you know what I mean? You don't need to pat yourself on the back. You don't need to yeah. double down. Like, wow. Yeah. So then this is some other replies as, you know, somebody said, uh, Zeke, thank you for, thank you so much for understanding why those of us that are actually autistic are upset by this. Seeing how she's been reacting has been heartbreaking, but not surprising. Somebody, somebody tweeted and said, you know, I know she probably didn't mean for the prostitutes or drug addicts comment to come off that way, but wow, it does not sit right with me that she felt the need to include that. Like, is the bare minimum brownie points for her? You know, it's, it just, it really does rub you the wrong way. And it's just wild that she's doubling down the way that she is. And Again, you know what I mean? I feel like every every episode I get on my soapbox about something and I'm not here to like shit on everything that makes Survivor like the way it is. And I think I've really enjoyed the SIA award and people who do nice things or are fan favorite players. I'm glad they're getting money. I'm glad that Sweet Donovan is getting the money that he deserves for being a sweet angel but you know I think we also at the same time do we do need to hold people accountable and I hope that you know see I and again I just Zeke is just I I love that I think he is so good at explaining like why things are not okay and he's never been afraid to speak his mind um 
And, you know, and again, if you're not somebody who's seen every episode of Survivor, Zeke is a really iconic player who had, I, I don't want to say it was a terrible event, because I, you know, I think he, he really did use it as a platform to advocate for trans people, but he, he was in a, in a tribal council one of his tribe mates outed him as being trans and oh god it was just like one of the darkest moments of survivor it it truly it was... was and i mean the thing about it is too like not only did he out him which that's no, no one's place to do he also used it as a statement on zeke's character that he's lying to you by not telling you that he is a trans person it was truly despicable um i mean i think he did get his i think like i think he he's a realtor and i think that like he got i think he lost his job from it i mean he definitely did and i think zeke even said he spoke with him after so you know it it did cause them to have a a conversation too i actually looked it up recently i wanted to know who's the most hated survivor player and i i really think jeff varner tops the list well and i think it's it's just you know zeke has he's he's been very vocal about it since and that that was the thing is in the reunion episode of that season you know they talked about how zeke and this other player they had a phone conversation and like zeke forgave him and then i'm pretty sure that like since in you know in more recent years zeke has said like you know what i think it was still a little fresh and you have this kind of incentive to like put a bow on things and move past it but you know what the more i reflect on it like no that's not okay and i'm sorry if i'm like misrepresenting that quote or whatever but i think he's just in more recently he has made the point that like eh, no it wasn't okay and he's just i know he was in like a netflix documentary that i it's, it's still on my list to watch um but he's just been very vocal um and, and you know an advocate for the trans community and an advocate for you know other communities in this case um the neuroatypical did i say that right is that what they're I'm, i feel like such an ignorant asshole Um, no I mean hey yeah then you are correct okay so so yeah like I don't know I just appreciate like I I would have never known that like Sia because I don't think I follow her on Twitter like I didn't know that she was saying these things and I hope that she apologizes I hope that she does better anyway I just thought that was like really fucking interesting I was like damn there's like some shit happening also like what is this fucking movie I've never heard of it, and now I'm definitely not going to watch it. I know I watched that show, Atypical, on Netflix, which I I did really like, but then the same thing kind of happened where people brought up, like, why are they not casting, you know, an actor with Mm -hmm. autism as the main character? So, Mm -hmm. you know, when I watch it, it, it's not the same anymore. So I guess, you know, to sum it up, a survivor shout to Zeke for just, you know, being a good dude and is speaking up for people who whose voices may not be amplified thank you Zeke. love him thanks Zeke. that's all i have so okay i have something that i want to discuss with you but i don't know if it fits into our luxury segment but maybe it does with a caveat i don't Wait, know, if you know what it i yeah. i i, I, I want to talk about it too and i wanted to be like this isn't a luxury item because it fucking sucks and it makes me not want to watch this show but. Yeah. Well, okay. So I will. I'll. I'll. I'll start off by saying this: luxury items is a segment where we talk about things outside of Survivor that we are enjoying. 
But today it's also going to be a segment to talk about things that we're just fired up about. Do you, I, Ashley, I feel like you should share it because you're the one who found it. Okay, so I was just minding my business. Um, well, hold, hold on. Some, some background. Um, something that Ashley and I have both gotten really into the, the past few months is Dancing with the Stars. I had never seen a single episode of it. You'd kind of seen some with your mom. But it's really been a bright spot. Our friend Brian watches it. Um, Courtney's dabbled a little. It's, it's been a joy. And we've been rooting for various people. Okay, now you go ahead. Okay, so basically this season, I my mom's watched Dancing with the Stars for years. So I've seen some episodes, but I've never been invested and watched every episode. But I was inspired to watch because Caitlin, who was previously The Bachelorette, she was supposed to be on Dancing with the Stars, which is a very common thing that the lead will get asked to be on the next season of Dancing with the Stars. And because the public kind of slut-shamed her for sleeping with one of the um, one of her contestants during the show and not waiting to the end, till the end at, at fantasy suites, they a, ABC did not have her back and they did not have her on. And she, it was her dream and it was upsetting. So started watching it for Caitlin, but then I found myself loving Neve from catfish. He just was bringing me so much joy every week with his smile. And like, he was just like getting so into the dances and he just had this confidence and it was, it was just exciting to watch. I mean, also Justina Machado, the actress um, from one day at a time, she also was like really joyful to watch for me too. So I was rooting for her, but Neve was really like, even though I went there for Caitlin, Neve was really the front runner for me. And the other yeah. day at some point this week, I'm trying to figure out what day it was. I went on Instagram and the first thing at the top of my Instagram was Neve posting a picture of some NYPD officers reuniting a lost boy in Central Park with his dad. Neve like is a photographer. He he took a picture of it and it was 10 years ago and so he like posted this boy got lost in Central Park. I took this photo of the moment he was found and reunited with his father by these NYPD officers. I know it's been a tough year to be a cop, but I wanted to take a moment to say thank you to all the men and women who put their lives on the line to keep our community safe. Now, I I can understand that someone might know a cop and like maybe there are some good cops out there that are taking a lot of flack for some reason, but to make a statement like this in in these current times, it it just says something about where you stand. And Neve's been seen wearing some Black Lives Matter shirts and and things, and so it's just kind of a, it, it's just kind of a conundrum here. I I just I'm confused. It didn't sit right. It didn't feel right. I think the fact that this was a photo he took ten years ago. It was just like, what were you doing on a Tuesday afternoon that you were sitting around thinking, huh, you know who needs a shout right now? Cops. It's just like, the the issue I took with it was, it was like, you're making the statement, cops have had a tough year. You know who's had a tough year? It's black people. Yeah, like you know. they're literally getting murdered, and and this isn't this isn't new to this year. It's just you know, and I I hesitate to speak for anyone, but it's just my perception as somebody who's trying to as a white person who's trying to learn is 
this is not new, but it's exhausting to for for black people and people of color to live in this fucking world where they are not treated the same way that we are. And it's exhausting on top of that, you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement happening, I think as a white person, my instinct is to be like, this is great. Like, you know, this movement is getting the recognition that it deserves. People are understanding things. But this all happening, it puts an added weight on. And I think, again, this is from like my very like limited privileged perspective. But I think it also puts this extra burden onto black people where, you know, like it must be so frustrating to go on Instagram, to go on Twitter and see all of your white friends posting <laughs> Black Lives Matter. And like, and it, there, I feel like it's just like, well, where have y'all been? Like, wake the fuck up. Like, we've been saying this for years and you haven't been listening. It, it's also as as much as it's like a step in the right direction, it's also probably incredibly frustrating and incredibly exhausting. And so to say that cops have had a tough year, it would be like me. This is how I feel sometimes, you know, one of our good friends, Amy, is an emergency room nurse and she sees multiple COVID patients a day and it's really exhausting. It would be like me. You know, and the thing is that we we all have a friendship where we're like, you know, we were there to listen to each other's like hardship, hardships and struggles. But it's like, you know, sometimes I feel like when I'm complaining about like, you know, having too many meetings in a day, I'm like, oh, she's like literally out there on the front lines. Like, who am I to complain? Yeah. And you like, Ben, I mean? we, we can also too be like, 2020 has been a hard year. And like, there's, there's certain things that like, like, we know multiple people that have had to like, cancel or really scale back or you know postpone their wedding which like is like a really important moment in someone's life but then at this and like you're allowed to grieve that and you're allowed to be upset about it and you're allowed to be like wow this fucking sucks but then there's also like a bigger thing that we're not personally experiencing and then then to say too like people that have you know had COVID and are having effects from it or people that have lost someone you know people yeah, you know, we, you kind of need to think about that too. So, like, I'm like, yeah, I'm 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 so lucky that I get to roll out of bed every day and just do my job from like the comfort of my desk at home, and I don't have to like worry, and I don't have to put myself at any risk. There's this whole other component to it, you know. A lot of a lot of people have been talking about performative allyship and what is that, and how to tell when somebody else is doing it, how to tell when you're doing it. And, you know, there's a lot of times where, like, I've even had to question myself and be like, is what I'm doing performative? You know, like, am I just going through the motions? Are you are you posting a black square because everybody else is posting a black square? Or are you doing it because it matters and you are working to understand your contribution to the problem? And I think the reason that this post from me felt extra cringy is because, you know, if you scroll back in his Instagram feed, he was advocating for Black Lives Matter. He was at the protest. He was posting the Black Square. And you just, it's just like, dude, either, uh, did you not get it? It's like a, you know what I mean? It's like a smaller scale. Like we've talked about this on the podcast before. I don't, you know, you, not everyone might have listened to the particular episodes, but, you know, I was recently, you know, 
in in June, I think, blocked by Garrett from the, <laughs> from the Bachelorette who won. And Honestly, I feel like that's like your shining moment. It was. I enjoyed being blocked by him because, but th- that's the thing. He posted a black square, but then the next day posted a black square with a thin blue line, doubling down and literally writing like a love note to cops. And I'm like, you can't. They're right now like they are on opposite ends of the spectrum right now. Like you really like can't do both or if you try to you you need to explain yourself really well and I don't I, I don't think Neve did that it just belittle, it belittles the cause to be like it, it's 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 so nuanced and it's so complicated but it's just like it's really it's insulting and offensive to to the black community and people of color who are the, the point that they're making is like we are getting murdered in broad daylight for things that white people would not be murdered for. And for Neve, in the midst of all this, to come on and just be like, cops have had a tough year. It's fucking insulting. Yeah. Is the way that it's called. And again, you know, again like, it, it, it's, you know, I we, we talk about this stuff because it's like, we have to. And I'm sure that we're saying a lot of things that are imperfect and flawed. But the point is we have to talk about it hopefully like I don't know and so then Neve deleted the post and did, hasn't said boo yeah I mean and- I, I I've been looking to because it's not like I mean granted I do spend a ton of time on my phone but it's not like I'm sitting there stalking his like insta stories every day but I did look a few times and I did not see anything so it's like if you're gonna dirty delete like I think you need to explain yourself and it's very weird too because I'm just like wondering what, going into the Dancing with the Stars finale, which he's on and like does rely on like viewer votes, was this some kind of like trying to appeal to a certain demographic for votes? Like I just don't, or is he that out of touch that he doesn't understand like why what he posted would be polarizing? I I just don't get it. The weirdest thing to me, and again, maybe this is I just might be thinking that like oh, I'm super invested in both, my my Venn diagram is like dancing with the stars, social justice, and I am that overlap of people. And I guess I think that that's, everybody is interested in both of those things. So I was expecting this shit to blow up. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? When a celebrity says something that's not okay, like take the, the Garrett from The Bachelor stuff, which, you know, to, you, you recapped that a little bit ago. When that happened, I felt like it was all over. People were talking about it. But for I've been Googling Neve Shulman all week being like, all right, when are people going to start talking about this shit that he said that's not okay? I, in my Google results, I can find one thing. It's a Newsweek.com article that says Instagram roast catfish Neve Shulman for police appreciation post, quote, ripe with privilege. That's all I can find. I haven't seen. I've been looking too, and that's the only thing that I've seen. It's just shit. It's like, it's shitty when you like someone and you find out that they are a shitty person. And so what happened was then we go to our, our group, our group chat with uh, Brian and Courtney, friends of the show. It's actually called Idol Advisors because we like to say that they're like our podcast advisory committee. Yeah. Um, if we ever make it big, like Courtney and Brian are getting a cut. Uh-huh. But, but anyway, we we go and you you brought this up to that that text, and Courtney was like, 
Um, I haven't wanted to say anything, but I hate to, hate to break it to you guys, but Neve is like a shitty person. We're like, what? And we're like, what? And apparently he has had a lot of like, like allegations in the past like one was that he shoved there's a video of him shoving a woman outside of a club i think there's another allegation that he like punched a woman he's not the squeaky clean guy that we thought he was and well and i don't know how i missed it i think it's because like okay like when catfish the movie came out like i literally skipped class with courtney because they made it in the trailer seem like it was like so mind-blowing and like I was just like I can't go to class right now I need to know so we like it was pretty epic we skipped class went and saw catfish like the tv show when it first came on like I I watched it but I kind of fell off so like I don't know how I missed that they actually like suspended production of catfish in 2018 because of some kind of like sexual like assault allegation or something Mm -hmm. I I totally missed that so I don't understand how I did but yeah and like him punching a woman in his defense was I thought it was a guy yeah it's just it's always shitty to find out that somebody that you you know maybe liked maybe followed it's it's shitty to find out that they are not who you thought they were and you know I know there's a huge conversation around cancel culture in general and like you know do you just write off everybody who's done wrong like but this one okay this one in particular feels different and I think it's just because you said something Ashley that I thought would really hit the nail on the head is it's like before when you would watch him dance and you would he has this radiant beautiful smile and it came off as like true joy and I'm having the time of my life and this is so genuine but now when you see that smile it, in, again you said this it comes off as sociopathic as like a true performer and by performer I don't mean like he's putting on he's putting on you know a joyful show for us I mean a performer as somebody who's like fucking faking it yeah like faking like that they're a good person I don't know it, like it, it really like upset me I, I still haven't watched last week's episode and like I don't know. Oh. I'm, I'm gonna watch. And his dances were so good last week. I know, and like, I, I, I might, I, I might skip it, and like, I might watch the finale. But like now, like, my ten votes like are going to Caitlyn and, and Justina. Absolutely. I'll throw Justina some too. I was so upset that, and I know because I know you know um, who went home yeah. and didn't watch. It's upset. I, I get that they have to have. So if you guys, if you don't watch Dancing the Stars, um, the judges they judge you, they are judges, and you get a score, but who stays and who goes, it's an aggregate of the judges' scores, but also um, votes from people like us, <laughs> and it's it's kind of unfair, but I, I get that they have to have voting because it, you know, it gives you an incentive to watch. It wouldn't be as compelling and as interesting. You wouldn't have as much skin in the game if there wasn't this voting component. However, Sometimes it's unfair because you have somebody like Johnny Weir, who is literally just a fucking light in the darkness. I love Johnny. I think he was the, to me, he was the most fun to watch. He, because it wasn't just that he had great skill, but he surprised me. And Johnny went home and he had gotten perfect fucking scores. And Nelly, who don't get me wrong, I love Nelly. I've been rooting for Nelly because I think he's a lot of fun. He, I think he's also a lot of fun. Um, 
but Nellie stayed and while they were both a lot of fun, Nellie doesn't quite have the caliber of dancing skill that Johnny has. Yeah. So people were just like, this is this is the F that Johnny was sent home. I know. And like it's and when that happened, like going into it, like I was rooting for Neve all the way. But like now, like I think Caitlin I love Justina, but Justina was so basically how it worked is Johnny, there were six people left, four go to the finale. Johnny actually got the lowest overall score with the fan votes and the judges. So he was just like, bye bye, Johnny. Like he was gone. So now we're down to five. And Caitlin, Neve, and Nellie all had enough scores to go to the finale. And that leaves two Sky Jackson, like adorable little girl from um, Disney Channel, and Justina from One Day at a Time. And Justina ended up getting saved by the judges. So I don't think Justina, based on the fact that she didn't have enough fan votes, has a chance to to win. So I I, I need to double down on Caitlyn to beat Neve. Uh, that, that's the Caitlin is Caitlyn is the only one who has a chance at beating Neve, and right now it's all about beating. Neve. So everyone, not only do we want to for not only do we want for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. <laughs> We also want you to vote for Caitlyn for Dancing with the Stars. It's really easy. We'll post the um and you can vote for Justina too. Um but yeah. all you or do vote for Nelly. Yeah, vote hell, vote for Nelly. We don't care. Just don't vote for Neve. And yeah, you just you text a number and during the show you can text up to ten times for each person. I think you can vote by by, by email too. So please vote for vote for Caitlyn. Justina. Yeah. Nelly if you'd do you like. Know, do you know something interesting? Is I guess now that I don't know that I've looked it up or whatever, but I, I get, um, you know, like emails with like Reddit threads that I might enjoy. Yes, yeah. And somebody pointed out um, a recent Instagram post for James Vanderbeek, who I guess was on last season of Dancing with the Stars. And, you know, you and I are both huge Dawson's mm-hmm. Creek fans. So I would have loved to have seen that. But he had this post. Did you read it, Ashley? I didn't. I didn't. Okay, well, you know what? We're, shoot- we're shooting this shit. Why don't, I, why don't I bring it up and just read it to you? Yeah, please. Because I guess he had made it pretty far, but didn't make it to the finals. Okay, so this is a long post, but we got the time. I'm going to read it. He writes, Been feeling my way around how to talk about this moment for some time now. One year ago today, this was less than 40. And it's, the, sorry, the photo is him and his partner hugging after getting voted out. The judges didn't choose to save him. Okay. So he says, this moment was less than 48 hours after witnessing an 18-week pregnancy loss in our shower and rushing uh, Kimberly Vanderbeek, his wife, to the hospital. 12 hours after missing all of camera blocking, thinking I wouldn't dance, but then changing my mind after Kim said, I'm not done watching you dance. I want to see that samba again in the finals next week. This was, a half an, this was a half an hour after the judges pretended to not know what was going on with me after I tried to fake my way through a cha-cha with a broken heart. And just moments after they'd chosen to send a different contestant to the finals who, along with everyone else in the room, was shocked at their decision and tried to give me her spot live on air. Allie Brooke is an angel heart emoji. I point out all of this only to say that perhaps any other stage of my life, my demeanor in this moment would not have been so serene. I would I would have felt injustice, frustration, anger, pain. But what came over me as I comforted my partner and told Allie, no way was I taking her spot, was Grace. Grace, which, to be honest, I had not fully been in touch with prior to losing that little boy. And this might sound crazy to some, 
but I feel like that was his gift to me. That was one of the things his soul came back here to unlock. He gave me access to grace. And I share this because we're all going through something. And for many of us, it's much more dire than a celebrity dance show. But the mystics talk about the cure being in the disease and whether or not that's true in every situation on behalf of the sun I'll only ever hold in my heart. I'd like to invite us all to the possibility that it just might be. Oh my God, that was beautiful. So beautiful. And, you know, one, wow, James Vanderbeek, wow. But, I, you know, I think the, the Dancing with the Stars takeaway there is like, and you know, it, but it, it gets back to Survivor too. And the, the thing about reality TV is like, we and, and The Bachelor, we need the hosts and the judges, the people who steer the ship to acknowledge what is happening in real life. So it's like Chris Harrison not acknowledging the fact that Colton is like fucking stalking Cassie. We need Jeff Probst to publicly acknowledge, like, the diversity and racism issues within Survivor. And we need, like, the fact that the judges apparently, like, pretended to not know what's going on with James and not, you know, I I guess, like, the long and short of it is, like, people were expecting that he would go to the finals, but then, you know, he he didn't do well in this final performance because obviously he had other things on his mind. And it was so surprising that the person that the judges did choose to save was like, oh my God, no, James, take my spot, take my spot. It just feels shitty. Wow. Yeah, I didn't, since I didn't watch that, I, I hadn't heard anything about that. I didn't know. But... I didn't know either. But so it's like, you know, I guess going into this week, it's like, I know we're never going to get this ever, but you almost want like, acknowledgement from Tyra or from the judges to be like hey Neve, like you said this fucked up thing the problem yeah, is God. it's like the problem is it's it's about context like and you can't put the nail in the coffin over context sometimes because what he said was just like hey police officers have had a rough year which honestly like I'm sure that I'm sure that a lot of them did that that is a true statement mm-hmm. but it's it's about the bigger picture and you can't like bigger picture and somebody having a huge platform and that's what they're choosing to highlight. Yeah. So no, exactly. I mean, it's wrong. Like you, you think it's wrong. I think it's wrong a lot. Clearly like he got roasted on Instagram and to the point where he deleted it, like it's wrong, but I just feel like our, you know, network TV is not going to, is not going to do anything about it unless it's like, something completely overt Mm -hmm. which is a shame but it is a shame yeah hopefully hopefully things will change starting with a jeff probst we're looking at you jeff we're watching you you. we're watching you probst (laughs) all right so should we talk about things that uh other luxury items that have actually been um enjoyable to us uh i have one i can start with i watched um season four of the crown on netflix and uh that's it's it's a it's a good show it it can be a little slow moving at times i'll admit when they get into the more political aspects of uk politics i'm kind of like and just like show me princess diana yeah but season season four it was it you know up until this point it's been very obviously focused on the queen and her life but you know, Princess Diana was introduced in season four, and it was just a wild, riveting, 
ride. You know, if you listen to our episode with Danielle, we talked a lot about uh, the book about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle finding freedom. So I'm a huge fan of the royals and I, I'm very, I'm, I'm a, I wouldn't say I'm a, I'm a scholar of like the implications that it has for like our society and why it's important. And a lot of people think it's like very frivolous and who cares, but it's actually like a really interesting picture of our society and the way that things were handled. And it's just like, Diana was like so beat up by the press and just truly ignored and treated like garbage by the royal family. They just did not give a fuck. And it's wild. It's the whole thing. It's just wild. I definitely want to watch The Crown. I Is, is this the last season? There's going to be two more. Two more. So no. oh, okay. Okay. I, I do want to watch it eventually. My mom is like into royal things. So I, I think I might... And you know, as you know, you spent like hours of your life yesterday helping you uh, helping your mom fix her phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom also like doesn't know how to use technology. Like for example, she's started going on walks on her lunch break Aww. around the neighborhood, and she literally brings like a tiny like pocket sized radio with like headphones that are like not wireless. Which I mean, you can still use regular ear earbuds, whatever. But like actual like over your ear like headphones from like 1996 that she plugs into this radio which is also probably made around the same time so she doesn't know how to use netflix like it's it's as simple as i bought an amazon fire stick and you can just like hit a a button on the fire stick and there you are but i'll have to show her and then watch the crown with her mm-hmm. yeah and then i so then i watched um I watched the the documentary on Netflix called Diana in Her Own Words, which is like recordings of this like secret interview she did where she, you know, she it's very, it's very forthcoming. She talks about her bulimia and, you know, suicide attempts. And it's, wow. it, it was, it's just, it's just mind blowing. It's, and you know, it just made me think a lot about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle and how much I love that. Like, you know, it, it's, it's, it was a very similar experience of like, Di- the the you know I th- I think that I don't have a lot of context because I wasn't like I mean I was alive but I was a little kid when like and I wasn't alive when she's like the height of her popularity and like the media attention was just so insane and I like it I don't realize how extreme it was because I wasn't you know of age to be like aware of it and I think it was even more so in like Europe than it was in the U.S. but like Meghan Markle had very similar attention from the media and it was you know such a thing and I love that like Prince Harry is like you will not become my mother you will not like have our family not stick up for you you will not have to be like under this intense media scrutiny like we're getting the fuck out I just love it I just love it that's awesome um yeah I'll have to check out the crown I have to check out that documentary eventually I don't know like I'm I'm looking forward to because, like, again, I don't really, like, have anything because I've just been kind of, like, doing the same old thing. Like, watching my my shows that I watch every week. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually still didn't watch The Bachelorette yet. I, I can't believe oh, it. Oh, really? No, I was so tired on Tuesday night. I don't know why I was so tired, but I was. And, like, if there's something I really want to watch and pay attention to, like, I'll watch Guys Grocery Games, with, like, the new episode with my mom or something. If I'm, like, going to pass out on the couch, like, you know, it's not that, like, big of a deal. But if I really want to pay attention to something and I'm really tired, I'm like, I'll wait until I'm not so tired. So I'll probably watch The Bachelorette today. But I've just been kind of like watching my same old shit, 
but I'm really looking forward to like, because I have been working from home and all of my, any trips that I had this year were canceled. I'm like left with all these vacation days to just like take to, mm-hmm. to literally do nothing. So I'm definitely going to try to like dive more into like a series. Then like I'm week, I'm off the week of between Christmas and new year's, which is nice. Like then we, like this week I'm off Friday. That's nice. A couple random mm-hmm. days in December, just to chill, you know, get cozy. Um, I plan on, I actually did want to like ask our listeners too. I don't know if we could put up an Instagram poll. I really would like some recommendations for holiday movies because I did say I'm doubling down on Christmas this year. Like we can't really celebrate in person or do any like activities that we might, but I really want to watch a bunch of Christmas movies. And like, I'm not really looking for like the Christmas vacation elf Mm -mm. home alone. Like we all know the classics, but if you have like a suggestion of a movie that, you think that I would enjoy or that anyone would enjoy that is a Christmas movie. Like I'm going to watch like holiday on Netflix, like with Emma Roberts. I I mean, I she's, I think she's pretty awful, but um, I I do like her acting, but yeah. So if anyone, if anyone has any suggestions, that would be fun. Um, And yeah. For sure do a poll. Yeah. And now it's just kind of a race at this point because I started slowly watching real housewives of New York, like in, august or i think september like labor day weekend i started watching it slowly like whenever i felt like i was in the mood because there's a lot of drama it can be like intense and it kind of can like weigh on you sometimes like i don't know like i feel like i'm affected by stuff like that so sometimes like if i'm watching a tv show and people are fighting and like yelling at each other constantly like it might impact my mood so i wasn't like watching it that fast but laura and courtney are like killing it courtney is already on season five and I think she started like a week or so ago and I'm on 10. So I'm like, I need to double down. I need to like watch real housewives whenever I have a spare chance or they're going to beat me. Not like it's a race, but I'm saying I want to be in the know and be able to talk in our group chat about it. Yeah. So that's kind of the mission I, I'm on I believe right now. We, I made an informal goal and I, I, lo- I love um really big New Year's resolutions. For the past, like, four years, I've been trying to read 52 books in a year. I'm not going to do it. I've read 19 books this year. One of these years, I'm going to do it. But I posed this to the group. I was like, 2021, New Year's resolution, watch every series of The Real Housewives. I, I think, or every franchise. I think I think we'll be able to do it. I'm on, I'm on board. Yeah. You know, something that I was, I was talking to Samita, uh, her and Brian, I guess, were joking around about doing like a Bravo podcast. And I was like, oh my God, you guys should. Yeah. I was like, if me and Ashley can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah. We would love to come on and be guests. We have a lot to say. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the real housewives, you're right. It does affect my mood because there's so much drama. I loved the joke that Courtney made last night where she was like, she got mad at uh, her fiance Mark for um, like Railro- t- railroading, to, railroading, yeah, her. telling her, <laughs> telling her how to chop the vegetables in the kitchen, and she was like, "Now we're gonna have to go to a lunch and hash it out." Yeah, that basically they go to a they'll go to a social event, there'll be a screaming match, and then they need to have like an obligatory lunch to to hash things out. Yeah, we should all hit. We should all problem solve like that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a wild ride, that's for sure. Yeah, so that's about all I got. Like, I I don't think that I've really like consumed anything anything new. That's this fair. Week. That's fair. 
same. I don't, I don't have anything else either. I haven't been listening to a ton of podcasts. Again, now that we're, you know, kind of trying to like batten down the, the hatches. Is it, what's that expression? Batten, batten down the... I think it's something like that. Yeah. We're trying, we're trying to stay inside more and be more safe. Yeah. Uh, you know, just with, with COVID on the rise, trying to have less gatherings and just been, you know, it's, it's, it does feel it, in a way it's obviously a shame that we have to do this and we can't go out and see people, but I'm trying to just lean into it and be like, you know what? It's the winter. It's time to be cozy. It's time to just, you know, just, just spend with your, your people and in your house and your pets and just, you know, hibernate. Yeah. And I will say, I, I mentioned this a few episodes ago. I like placed a like a large online order to Old Navy of like loungewear and pajamas, and that that has been very exciting for me. Like Old Navy has like the greatest like super affordable, comfy PJs and like the cutest patterns, and also like color stories. Like it's nice because you can, you have your choice of different patterns and then solids and also different materials like flannel this like super soft material i don't even know what it is you have your micro fleece your thermal so you can just get a bunch of stuff in like a similar color story and not that you have to match your pajamas at home but it's fun truly i should place an order because i'm currently wearing math sweatpants after running out of my own <laughs> we need to do laundry so i mean they have 50 percent off like all the time like you can get a nice pair of pajama pants for 12 dollars Damn. Yeah, so right now I have on, like, navy blue flannel shorts that have, like, cute little cactuses and, like, llamas oh. wearing a sweater. I love a cactus and a llama. Yeah, it's fun. And then, like, I have, like, a pink thermal shirt that, like, picks up on the little pop of color on the cactus, like the cactus flower. I'm seeing them online right now. Yeah, it's cute. It's oh. fun. One additional luxury item to mention is we were lucky enough to win a Instagram contest from Outplay Puzzles, which is a little Etsy shop with like, they they make these puzzles that are kind of like puzzles that they've done on Survivor, like different, you know, those ones where you to like, I don't need to describe what a puzzle is, but they have, um, you know, the one that's like the tree, which is the one that we got. They have, you know, the fire one. They have one of my personal favorites, Dragon the Dragon. I oh, love that one. And yeah, and we so we got our prize this week. And by we, I mean I. I will pass it along to you next, Ashley. <laughs> I'm curious. I would love to see you do the puzzle because I'm curious if it took me 30 to 40 minutes and it took Matt five minutes. And I was just like, what? It blew my mind. I really wanted to. Um, and I, I, will, I will try to record it. I have a question. Do you still have the the video or stories like do you have those saved like or would you be able to make a highlight so people can say i'll make a i'll make a highlight yes. yeah and then you can like i know you said something about like you're gonna be like in town some some semi uh soon if you want to drop it off to me then i can try recording me completing it i don't know how i, I don't know I how sure you I, what wizard wizardry was that that you propped your your phone up like how, how'd you do that I just leaned it against like a pot, like a, you know, a, a canister or something. And I, I don't know, there's some time lapses involved. I, I can't get that technical. If you go, if you, dude, if you go to your camera, time lapse is, it's like photo, video, time lapse. Never done it. Never done it. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Okay. Um, but so I think they would make a great stocking stuffer. One of my lofty goals for like the next week is to put together like a survivor holiday gift guide. Oh, 
you know, like I, I could see, you know, getting like um, a basketball hoop from Vive Unlimited. I could see getting a, cal- a Zaddy calendar from Bryce. I could see getting a puzzle from Outplay Puzzles. You know what I mean? Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I'll let you know if I can think of anything. Please, please do. So, man, yeah, I think that that was fun to do. Just a nice little escape, if you will. <laughs> Um, okay, well, that's, that's all I got. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to share? I mean, no, I, I don't really think so. I, I think that about sums it up. Yeah, well, if you've, if you've listened all the, all this way, thank you for, thank you for sticking with us. I know that these first few episodes of any season can kind of be boring. I don't, you know, like, I get it, but hopefully, hopefully we're bringing enough chatter to, to make it fun. Hopefully yeah. you've enjoyed hearing us uh, tales of our debauchery in high school. Yeah. <laughs> our our uh our athletic stories or lack of athleticism if you are me <laughs> um yeah but and as we know things are gonna ramp up things are gonna get exciting <laughs> give it like another episode or two like this is heroes versus villains it's not one of the most iconic you know seasons for no reason they sure are so again ashley mentioned this earlier but please if you have not left us a rating and review on itunes or sorry itunes it's just called apple podcast now <laughs> but it helps oh my, did so i call much. it did i call it itunes too i don't think so now i think you just said rating and review oh, okay hmm. but it truly helps so much and you can just hit five stars you don't have to leave a review but you can if you want to it's very kind we love reading them you can also follow us on Instagram Instagram and Twitter at Idle Chatter Pod and Idle Chatter Podcast. Again, I will post the the um, time lapse of me doing the outplay puzzle over there. And also vote for Caitlin Bristow and Dancing with the Stars. And or Justina or Nelly. Or Justina or Nelly. Absolutely. I, I definitely am rooting for Justina in a way, but I just don't know if she's gonna be able to deliver and I think Caitlin can. I think Caitlin has the best shot. Yeah. All right, well, thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.